We're back with Inside the Kentucky Derby. It's a Monday here in the communications office at Churchill Downs, and we brought back Darren Rogers from the farm just in time to recap Saturday's Remsen Stakes, where a lot of chatter on Kentucky Derby winner Mage's brother, Doorknock, now stamping himself as one of the top interests on the road to the Kentucky Derby 150 after winning the Remsen Stakes. D, good to have you back. Good to be back. We're, you know, on the men from the winter uh, cold that has uh, invaded my chest. It's the never-ending cough turned into a cold, turned into now. I've- it's about an eight-day cold now, but um, yeah, I can at least uh, form a sentence this week. <laughs> and thank you to Caitlin Free for uh, joining you on the preview because I was unable to speak. Yeah, well, that's good. And by the way, there are some listeners out there that would appreciate that. Well, they probably would have appreciated <laughs> if I didn't speak with my opinions, but I'm glad Caitlin joined us because uh, she gave out some good opinions and it was good to have her uh, giving out her opinions on the show in your absence. But uh, as I mentioned at the top, Dornock, uh, you know, we fought back to win Saturday's Remsen Stakes at Aqueduct, which is always one of those races where we talked about on the preview that some years you can get a really good Remsen stakes and other years it just sort of, you know, you get the buzz off the Remsen and then it just never pans out. I'm curious to see how these top two or three pan out leading into 2024, because I thought it might've been one of the better Remsen's going into the race. And it was, um, you know, the race was contested over a muddy track. And so um, you're going to have to take that into consideration, but I think it could have some potential leading into 2024 more than other years. Yeah. I, you know, first of all, outstanding race really was fun uh, to see door knock uh, come back and, and fight along the inside rail to beat Sierra Leone, a very promising runner from Chad Brown. I actually would want Sierra Leone next time moving forward because there's a number of wild cards that were in play. KK, you mentioned it. The, you had a muddy track almost by the time they got to the Remsen, it was almost a muddy drying out type of track, maybe even on the closer to good side, there were no harrow marks or anything like that, but it it wasn't like it was earlier in the card, but throughout the day at aqueduct on Saturday, it was very much a speed favoring track. So we have the uniqueness of a, late fall, two-year-old, nine-for-long race mixed with an off-track. Uh, there's a tricky off-track and, and a speed bias. So let's keep that in mind moving forward where we might be able to forgive the performances of, you know, maybe as many as maybe six wow. in the field that you might give a crack next time out. But yeah, I thought it was a dynamite, dynamite race. I mean, take nothing away from doorknock. Mm-hmm. He made all the running, um, you know, the, the, going into that first turn, you could see that the riders wanted to establish early position going into that turn. I mean, you were six wide. You had the two, the three, the six, the eight, the nine, the 10, um, doorknock was the three and he, and he was too wide. He was committed to the front. Um, the, 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 the 10 horse who was private desire, a 27 to one outsider, he broke slowly, but was rushed and committed to the lead. And he got within a half length and you had Belial who was 28 to one, you know, 
pressuring along the way uh, within a half length through probably about, say, the first three quarters of the race um, when Dornock spurted home. And he had Sierra Leone about 12 to 13 lengths off the lead just sitting in the back. I mean, you, you, you saw him in the first turn. <laughs> You didn't see him again until, you know, they, they were midway around the final turn and he came with a rush and it was, a um, you know, a, 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 he was really rolling seven wide and he caught door knock. I thought with about 300 yards to go, um, got about a length. What do you think? Not, not a length clear, but about a half, a length, half clear, a half clear and door knock f- courageously. Uh, fought back under uh, Louis Saez and, you know, came back to, to win the head Bob photo. But I thought it was an, a very nice race in particular by the top two. And the, the speed figure came back, you know, uh, nice and uh, healthy as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, the big key that you mentioned there was going into that first turn and the prior, you know, that was run as the ninth race the prior eight races. The furthest that any horse came from off the pace to win a race was a length and a half. Another horse came from a length and another horse came from a half a length and every other horse on the day, including the 10th and the cigar mile, they were all on the lead. And so, um, you know, the riders much knew so, and that's normal for a, you know, a drying out track that's not being harrowed because you're just going to run floats over it and, and compact that dirt even further. The one thing I liked about Dornock going into that turn is, you know, Louis size really didn't have to ask him. Uh, to show that speed. He was sort of, you know, fast out of the gate. And I noticed that he was sort of fleet footed going into that turn. He really wasn't under a drive and doing it naturally, which I, I, I liked. Um, I watched the, the stretch drive a few times and the, you know, I was noticing and trying to notice did Sierra Leone once he made that lead, did his ears go up in the air? And that's sort of like, did he get lazy? I've and, got the exact same note here. Lazy with a question mark. And, and by I, the way, the same thing could be said for door too. Yeah. When he spurted clear and Sierra Leone caught him. Yeah. So I think, I think it's two things. I think Dornock is lazy. I think he is very much, he's still green and developing. And Danny Gargan has said so. I think Sierra Leone, once you go back and you watch, so under, you know, the heist of rules, jockeys can only whip their horses six times. Sierra Leone was whipped six times because once he veered in to mm-hmm. Dornock, right, you know, 300 yards or so towards the wire, uh, Jose Ortiz was, was out of whips. And so he veered in, hit him left-handed. That was his sixth. And then he was sort of under a hand ride to the wire. And I think he, he probably, you know, might've been able to be encouraged a couple more times. Would he be able to keep that lead? Maybe. But, um, I thought that was a very much a, a key factor in that stretch battle. Cause his ears didn't go up. Like he was lazy. I think he was just, he wasn't encouraged enough, uh, as he was, you know, from the quarter mile pole to maybe the 16th pole, uh, to try and get by Doorknock and, and spurt clear. But it was, you know, overall great race from those top two. And you're right, the speed figure did come back fast, even though it was a, you know, a speed bias track. Yeah, it, it, it Doorknock, you know, I mean, how often do you see the half, and he's a full brother, but the halves to, you know, grade one horses live up to it. Puka, the mayor, I mean, is really thrown back-to-back runners here in Mage and now Doorknock. Usually they're overhyped, but Dornock's living up to it. You know, another thing to keep in mind, when he spurted clear at about the 316th pole, I, I didn't end up seeing the head-on view, but it looked like he brushed the, the rail. Yeah, he sure and, did. And like you said, he's very green. These are young horses. These are learning experiences. 
They both might have lot lost interest when they put away their competition. Uh-huh. And um I tell you what, I think both are 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 horses to to keep in mind. Now what about some of the also rans in here? Well, let's go to the let's start with third place finisher drum roll please who um it was trained by Brad Cox, one of the many, you know, two-year-olds that are, is in his barn. And I thought one of the ones that may have been forgotten about from a lot of people. Uh, I thought this horse was interesting, you know, sort of going into the turn right around the three-eighths pole. I was like, is he not getting over the track as well? And then I thought he finished up okay. Um, you know, maybe he's one to keep an eye on moving forward that he'll gain some momentum out of this race. Because I, I didn't, you know, I thought he could have retreated to last at that point and, and he fought on. I 100% agree with that. He could have retreated to last and he came on again. He was three wide in the first turn. Um, and then he settled back and, and, and raced in mid pack between horses. And I, I think this is a horse that probably doesn't want to be between horses because he, he looked like he was going to retreat. And then he, he tipped out a little bit into the turn and got clear end up making a six wide move and he came again. So given the right competition, okay, given the right spot next time, this is a horse that I think is a little better than look third place finishing here. Um, what do you make of moonlight for Todd Pletcher? You know, it was interesting. So going into the race, I was sort of hopeful to see him get over a drier track, which didn't happen. Um, he, he, he didn't get over, you know, he didn't get the chance to run on a drier track that we didn't see him when he ran at Churchill. And so even though the running lines, you know, say that he was beaten, you know, seven plus lengths, I'm still willing to give him another shot over a dry track. That would be the excuse I would give. I'm actually kind of not as keen on him. Um, he went too wide in that first turn. He had the only horse he had beat down the backstretch was Sierra Leone. It was way back. So the race, well, then again, the flow's going against him. Sure. So that's another mm-hmm. factor. Um, he went inside on the turn. Uh, he kept on. I just thought he was outrun, but it's got to be the right spot. It's got to be. And when we talk about the right spot, you know, the more prospects we start talking about in the early spring, come the new year, you've got your A team. You got your B team, and then you might even have the C teamers. This horse looks like a B or a C teamer to me. Yeah, it's and, not to say he can't move off of it. Nope, but he can move up. But right now, he's got to do some more to to try and move off of it. Uh, where's Chris was uh, a horse that got some chatter after uh, or going into this race, just uh, from you know his connections and Rick Dutro. Uh, he was sort of one of those ones that you may have to forgive for being against the flow of the race and uh, could give another shot. I wasn't a fan of his going in uh, necessarily, but um, you know, some people may forgive that effort. You know, the next two horses, I think if they stay up in New York over the winter, they'll get some points. They'll be productive along the way. And, and where's Chris is that way. He was hustled four wide into that first turn. He let the leaders go. Uh, Isaac Castillo did. And um, you know, he was mid pack in the clear he was okay. He got up for fifth. Um, he kind of kept on a little bit. He was outrun, but mm-hmm. he, he kept on. He wasn't, you know, retreating. So it's a horse that could be, um, you know, something next time. And then copper tax for Gary Capuano. Um, he was hustled five wide in that first turn. Uh, he took back in the clear in six. This horse looked like he wanted to run a little bit. He was a little headstrong. Um, 
and and I it was a little eh, um, but you know, given the right spots, who knows? And, and he probably may not want to go that that far too, being by Copper Bullet, who's uh, yes. more of a sprint sire. Um, Domestic product. I mean, he was a you know for Chad, uh, he was eight to one in the race. Um, he established position inside. It's not like he wanted the lead, but he got close going into that first turn. He let the speed go. Um, he tugged hard down the backstretch under a tight hold. Once he got past the half mile pole, he rated a little better. Um, he tipped out in third, leaving the turn, but I mean, he was just, he was, he was empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilal, we talked about him, you know, he, he was three wide in the first turn, got within a half length of doorknock. Um, he kept up through seven furlongs. He was then, my top pick in the race. Oh, uh, he was. Well, he, 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 he's top for about seven furlongs. Well, and the reason <laughs> he, I got to run, the reason I picked him, I'm like, oh man, he may be able to sit a, a perfect trip, taking the blinkers off, he did. off the pace. And it, it things didn't work out the way he just came this, up empty. This Look, racetrack worked and, and stuff happens. Yeah. Might yeah. not want to go that far. Sure. Ladon bro. I mean, he's a massive long shot. He was out running the first turn, saved ground. He was done after five and a half furlongs. And then uh, Private Desire, he had that slow start and, um, you know, was rushed up there to, uh, you know, be there the, the half mile pole. And at the quarter pole, he, he, he tried to throttle down a little bit. Anyway, he, start, he started retreating at, you know, six furlongs into the race. So, um, look, I, I'm very keen on the top two. A couple of the others, drum roll, please. Maybe a, a, a moonlight, a where's Chris? Those horses, I, I'd be forgiving in, in 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 the right spot next time out. Did you see El Copy in the in the undercard? I, I did see El Copy spurt very much clear to a very fast uh, maiden special weight victory. That was a, I, I think that was a they knew type of race. <laughs> yes. he, he he kicked on. He broke from the rail in a field of eight seven furlongs in the mud. And that was true mud uh, early in the card for Rick Dutrow. But uh, he broke from the rail and they easily handled the eight to five favorite hop saying by nine and a half lengths, wiring the field, 22 flat, 44, three, 108 and three, the final seven furlongs in one twenty-one and four came back bid. This is a son of McLean's music. This is shouting Pat Damon. <laughs> yes. So don't think about it from, uh, you know, from a derby standpoint now out West in California, there was a derby horse. I thought uh, the maiden special weight out there, uh, better than gold for Gary Mandela, uh, Richard's son, uh, this son of Nyquist, uh, was relaxed early on in a mile, uh, maiden special weight where he had the odds on one to five favorite imagination for Bob Baffert and, uh, to Paulo set the pace. Um, it was a, Good pace, 22, 46, 110, and four. Uh, to Paulo and Imagination were well clear, battling and ding donging for that lead. And better than gold, he was relaxed. He started to run about the half mile pole and he had big strides. He got up late. And this is an interesting um, cult that uh, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing in the wintertime down at Santa Anita. Better than gold for Gary Mandela. It was, uh, that was the weekend in a nutshell on the road to the Kentucky Derby. If, uh, you're looking for the leaderboard update doorknock with his 10 points on the road to the Kentucky Derby prep season sits in seventh, the top six are fierceness with 30 locked 19 Timberlake, 16 liberal arts, 13 West Saratoga, 11 Anna Marie also has 10, but 
has a bit more earnings than Doorknock. Uh, Risk It with seven, Moonlight with seven, and The Wine Steward topped the top 10 very early in the road to the Kentucky Derby prep season. Uh, just a few of those names that'll maybe be hanging on and getting some of these valuable early points. Because if you're like Doorknock and Danny Gargan, for instance, and Danny said after the race, maybe two races, maybe three going into the Kentucky Derby uh, next year. So he'll be on a layoff and uh, may have, you know, I would hope he gets three. I think, you, he, you know, I, 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 I don't like to question horsemen, but you know, there, there, there's, there's the Todd Pletcher's of the world, the Bob Baffert's, the Steve Aspison's, even Chad Brown. These are guys that are regularly on the road to the Kentucky Derby. They know when they have a Derby horse. Don't you let the horse just take you where he takes you? Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, I, 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 I worry about these smaller outfits that start talking that they've got a derby horse. You'll know you have a derby horse come mid April. Once you see that top 20 leaderboard, <laughs> just let the horse take you where he wants to go. There's nothing wrong with winning these prep races, targeting these prep races. Now it's always good to have the, the greater goal ahead, but if the horse is good enough, he'll take you there to the first Saturday in May. Absolutely. And uh, Danny Gargan, who trains doorknock came up under Nick Zito, who of course won multiple Kentucky derbies. And uh, Danny has said he's, uh, you know, learned a lot from Nick P Zito and uh, hopefully he'll uh, get some of that experience going into the first Saturday in May. Uh, the road to the Kentucky Oaks was also in action, Darren, with the Demoiselle. Um, as we saw, Life Talk for Todd Pletcher on the Rapoli Stable draw off as a, a clear-cut victor there. She earned uh, 10 points there, and she is in third on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Road to the Kentucky Oaks points leaderboard. Yeah, very nice win for Rapoli Stable. Uh, this is a daughter of Gunrunner out of a Bernardini mare. Um, you know, handled the competition easily winning by three and three quarter lengths again over a sloppy track or muddy track. It was probably drying out and it was speed favoring and she won on the lead, but this is a very promising Philly. And it's nice to see someone come out of the breeders cup juvenile Phillies. She ran fourth behind just FYI, um, kind of validates that race a little bit. So maybe the, the you know, we, we've talked about the Phillies this time of year um, being behind the Colts. Um, with maybe not as many tantalizing prospects, but maybe they're better than we think. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll so. have to wait and it, see. Abs- That's the beauty of this sport. Right. Uh, if you're looking for the next race on the road to the Kentucky Derby, uh, the Springboard Mile at uh, Remington is December 15th, Los Alfuturity December 16th. The Gunrunner is the last remaining race for the two-year-olds on the road to the Kentucky Derby down at Fairgrounds on December the 23rd. That's the race I'll probably, you know, keep in mind the most uh, on, on the road to the Kentucky Derby prep series, you know, in the upcoming few races. I think that could be a key race um, leading forward to some of the many talented two-year-olds that came from Kentucky that are now down at Fairgrounds. Maybe we'll see a Nash in that uh, that Gunrunner who was that dynamic made in special weight victor here at, at Churchill Downs for Brad Cox. He worked here sort of seems like that could be the target. Yeah. He's the, you know, one of the most promising prospects on this road to the Kentucky Derby. Let's see if he uh, lives up to his 
you know, early reputation for Judmont Farm and trainer Brad Cox. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was the Remsen in a, in a nutshell. Darren, it was good to have you back. It's good to be back. And you yeah. notice I didn't cough. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Well, we still now have the voice, the voice, <laughs> don't make me laugh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> ding, ding. That's all on you, KK. That's all on you. That probably just dropped a five-star to a four-star. Yeah, it did. It did. If you'd like this podcast and uh, we go cough-free, um, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe uh, for our four-star performance. And uh, I will I will be consuming more of our title sponsor. Yeah, Woodford Reserve. And uh, it's good with honey. It's good with anything. It works with honey. Uh, yeah, that's good. It works with ice. A little lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you have your... Put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. Mm. It's golden. Uh, do they have that at your uh, establishment of choice? I have not choice? been at the establishment of choice. Of wow. like, yes, no. I'm set back, man. That's not good. No, no. They, I don't know what they're doing without you. Did they call an APD? Stock is down. <laughs> Stock is down. Yeah. I love it. Uh, again, thanks to Woodford Reserve with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford Reserve is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. If you're looking for more information on Derby 150, which is just around the corner, be sure to visit derby150.com. You can see the great renderings and uh, videos of what the paddock outside of our office is looking like it's really coming along great out there and sort of starting to take some shape uh kk derby 150 is 150 days away on wednesday december the 6th huh how about it i mean here we go now i now we can officially start the countdown right like john asher always started the countdown sort of seemed like you know two weeks after the derby was run and i'm you know trying to hold off even though we see the countdown clock when we walk into the office every single day, but at least December the 6th, I think we can start at one fifty. Yeah. I, I can start at one fifty, Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, I'm more of a double digit kind of guy, <laughs> but <laughs> we can do one fifty. Yeah. Well, we're going to do one fifty this year. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll talk soon here on inside the Kentucky Derby.